Hello, welcome to the Thursday, October 1st, 2020 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. We always love emails from our readers with puzzles and well, maybe you can help me solve the latest one and it's about a file called fpurl.xml. This reader states that on their IIS server, they do see a significant number of requests for fpurl.xml. Now, best I can tell, uh, this file is related to the Windows uh, Federated Identity. If you are using Windows Hello for Business, for example, this file appears to be used. Now, what's not really clear is if uh, these hits that they're seeing against their IS server, if uh, they are sort of some form of reconnaissance trying to download the file, which uh, may reveal some trust relationships, or if uh, this is just something you know certain clients are doing in order to check if they can use this authentication method. Overall, uh, Windows Hello for Business seems to be a good and interesting way to authenticate your users. It essentially does allow users to authenticate via their Azure Active Directory. So uh, if they have set up, for example, two-factor authentication via Azure AD, uh, they'll be able to leverage them to authenticate to your application. So any insight as to how this file may be useful to an attacker or how it may just get accessed as part of clients hitting your application? Uh, well, please let us know. Anything is appreciated here. And if you are using HP's thin client devices and manage them with the HP device manager, well, you have a critical update that you need to apply quickly. Sadly, the HP vulnerability bulletin here doesn't do the vulnerability quite justice. What happened was that Nikki Plur, a security researcher, did look closer at the HP device manager. And what he found was that the database log for the Postgres database that's being used as part of HP device manager did have log entries from the development process. So essentially, uh, they didn't clear out the logs, they just left the logs in place. And uh, he was able to essentially sort of retrace some of the steps that developers took as they set up the database. And in retracing these steps, he did find a backdoor user account to the database. This backdoor username is dm underscore postgres and uh, the password hasn't been published, but of course, probably not that difficult for anybody uh, to figure it out if you have access uh, to the software. There are a number of additional vulnerabilities that Nikki found as he was investigating the software, a total of three or four, I believe, different vulnerabilities are being addressed in this update. And yes, 1-2020-6926 does have a CVSS score of 9.9. With this weak database account, an attacker could potentially get system level access 
on the HP device manager. And since this is then used to manage all of your HP thin clients, the attacker would then also have access to these thin clients. So definitely apply this patch quickly. And then we have an interesting vulnerability in Kensington Works. Kensington is a company, well, uh, known for sort of laptop accessories and uh, input devices like mice. And Kensington Works is an application that you may install on your system in order to manage these input devices. Sadly, well, it follows sort of a very common these days, but insecure design pattern where the actual work is performed by a web server that's running on the system and this web server receives commands via HTTP from an application that uses the infamous Electron framework. Now the big problem here is not so much Electron but really the web server in that it doesn't check the origin of the request and does not have any kind of protection from cross-site request forging. So all an attacker has to do is essentially trick the user into visiting a website and that website is then able to send post requests to that web server and essentially reconfigure the mouse, which then of course you know, could be used to essentially make the user execute commands as they press the mouse button the next time. Now, the only security feature here, if you wanna call it this, is a device ID that's only a five digit number, so that's not too terribly difficult to brute force. To make things worse, the uh, Electron part of the application also contains a cross-site scripting vulnerability, which would make exploitation even simpler. Well, uh, this is it for today. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.